Grand Touring Motorsports started as a social group of car enthusiasts, but we've expanded into all sorts of motorsports disciplines, and we want to share our stories with you. Years of racing, wrenching, and motorsports experience brings together a top-notch collection of knowledge and information through our podcast, Break Fix. What's up, everybody? This is Brad, a.k.a. The Triple Six, coming at you with another installment of Break Fix. This one's kind of special because we are just finishing up an HPD event with Hooked on Driving at Virginia International Raceway, VIR, and we have a special guest with us tonight. We've got John Richter, who some of you may know is leaving us in Maryland and moving to Austin, Texas to follow his career path and... We're going to talk to him a little bit and just find out about the weekend and everything else. With me, as always, is Crew Chief Eric. Hello. And uh, let's get into it. So. Let's talk about the weekend. <laughs> let's talk about the weekend. John, you weren't signed up to drive, but somehow you ended up driving. How did that happen? I know a guy. <laughs> you, know you know a guy. guy. I got a guy. He's from New York. <laughs> yeah, you know, backwoods, Virginia, somewhere. <laughs> was that the guy at start finish? Yeah. Oh. What was he? What was his name? His name was Porky. Porky, yeah. Not to be confused with the movie Porky's. Dude. He did not look like those girls. No. But he did sound like one of the NASCAR announcers, though. I'm I sure. thought we were in Deliverance. We're close to North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, I was ready to pull up my late model and do some left turns. Yeah. That is for sure. Yep. Yeah. Take your uh, take your nets down, jump through windows. We're gonna get going. Uh, and in case anybody listening was at the event at VIR, they found some lug nuts and studs <laughs> at oh. the front gate. You know, yeah, they made the announcement about a hundred times. So please check your wheel studs and make sure one you still have them, and two that they're tight. I can't. Weren't y'all removing all the studs? It's probably yours. They were not. All of ours are accounted for. And I did notice every time you pulled up the grid, the marshals were checking every car to make sure the lug nut, uh, everybody had the amount of lug nuts they were supposed to. That was weird. That was that was VIR's own little personal tech. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, more than what we normally get. Are the wheels attached? Yes. Uh, all right. Go. So we got down here Thursday night That's for a true. Friday Sun a Friday Saturday event, which. It was a little unusual, uh, but I guess COVID times. I mean, we can just say hashtag COVID and, mm -hmm. and, and everybody understands. Uh, so we got down here Thursday night, you know, around 630 or whatever. We decided to go into town. Uh, town is 30 minutes away. <laughs> but we went to downtown Danville right there on the, the river, right, I think the Dan River. And we had a fantastic dinner at Mee's Burgers and Brews. I Absolutely. Think yeah, we talked to the owner. She was a very sweet lady. They accommodated us. They closed at 9. We got there about 8. I think we were there until like 10. We were there until about 10, and they were wow. perfectly happy to to take care of us. Their burgers were amazing. Yep. The beer was pretty good. Must uh, recommend. I, we definitely added them to Paddock Pal as a place to visit when you're down at VIR. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, John showed up, I think, around 10.30 to eat his cob salad. Like 9.30? <laughs> Make a mean double meat salad. It was at least midnight when John got there. <laughs> He's still not on Mount. It was Taco. actually Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he showed up Saturday early, early morning. At least you're not on Mountain Time. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Mountain Man Dan was supposed to get there Thursday. He showed up Sunday morning. So let's talk about that. <laughs> or Saturday morning. Our our listeners may not realize that there is such a thing as Mountain Time, and things move a lot slower in our mountain region. That being said, Dan did make an appearance this weekend, drove all through the night last night to bring you some spare parts, which we'll talk about in a minute, but he got to the track about an hour before it was time to get on track, 
got his car prepped and ran all day long. And I'm still baffled the man is standing by the end of the day. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. He does not sleep. <laughs> I don't get it. All I right. really don't. So, so Friday. What happened Friday? So, you know, I apparently didn't get the memorandum at GTMHQ that none of us were instructing this weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was that was my cross to bear. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, got my got my assignments, met my met my student, kind of went through all that. I won't I won't belabor the details on that. I'll, I'll gladly talk about it offline though. But it, uh, needless to say, it was an adventurous weekend. It was a balmy Thursday night. I will say that it was a lot warmer than all of us expected it to be. Yeah. And it rained uh, Friday morning, which made track conditions kind of interesting. But you know, the track dried up, and I think. Conditions were pretty good starting just before lunchtime until the late afternoon. Yeah, so I missed the first C session uh, just because I was being lazy and yeah. playing with the car and swapping wheels and you know all that other funky stuff. And then I went out the second C session, and Eric said the track was drying out and it was a little warm yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Apparently not warm enough and not dry enough because I did the most epic burnout with Conti's R-Comps. I can't dare call them slicks because they're not slicks apparently. But the, the Conti R-Comps that I use, I destroyed turn one. I mean, I came completely perpendicular to the track with a 911 behind me. I don't know what he thought, but you could not see my car because of all the smoke. I know what he thought. He had a code brown moment. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm just glad I didn't have a little extra thump yeah, right, right behind yeah. me. But I didn't go off. To, I mean, I went off track voluntarily just to let a bunch of people pass, but... That was an interesting experience. So, I, so, so how good is a Mark IV Golf at being a drift vehicle? It is amazing at drifting. <laughs> I didn't have to touch the e-brake at all. <laughs> it just does it. That ass end just comes around. So as, as, as Tanya would say, how many points does it get for its off-road ability? As for well? its off-road ability? Even with our comps, it did really well. Nice. There you go. Yeah. With no diff. With no diff. <laughs> Since you're running a new trans. One wheel peel, which turned into zero wheel peel, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we definitely will. The rest of Friday wasn't bad. Rain and darkness rolled in pretty quick. Well, we got rain clouds coming in about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It got cold. And we're not got, done with Friday. Well, we're not done with Friday. But I'm just giving the weather report. It did change really quickly. There were some ugly clouds on the horizon. We had weatherman Mike Sonnerby with us. And he gave <laughs> us the hour-by-hour updates that uh, the clouds were going to be rolling in. It was a 10% chance and then an 18% chance and a 35% chance and a 52% chance. And then it started rolling back, started dialing back a little bit. But we're not done with Friday yet because we had a couple casualties. And yes, as Volkswagen owners, we regret to say that they were all VW VAG related. The first one was Mr. Judd Gravel. And he had some engine issues. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he's reporting no boost, which uh, you know I didn't even get a minute to get my head under the hood. I tried to coax Judd into staying, drive my car, or whatever. But yeah, he pretty much had his heart set on calling it a day. So I guess we'll more to report on that later once we figure out what's going on. I have a feeling it's probably the boost controller finally went on it or something like that. But it's really a shame that Judd left because he didn't get to see my epic, epic tow in. Off track. (laughs) Because apparently my left wheel bearing decided that it had had enough. And I'm sure that my burnout at turn one earlier in the day did not help us. 
But yeah, so I lost uh, the wheel bearing blue and the, the hub blew apart. Well, actually, I think your wheel bearing's in good shape. It's oh, the, 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 the hub broke. No, so the hub, the, even the hub snapped in half. The only thing keeping the wheel on, thank God, are those ginormous Porsche 986 brakes because otherwise I'd probably be you totally lost in the, the wheel. I, yeah. I'd, I'd lost the wheel and probably be totaling the car. Yeah. Um, because it's just not, yeah, it, yeah, it would have been super fortunate. It would have been a big issue. So, a, yeah. A I, big shout out to Pure Motorsports for those brackets holding up under those conditions yes so, yeah. well i mean we'll have to check them for hairline cracks or yeah anything i'm gonna like that, look but... everything over so yeah i got towed in uh c group lost a little bit of time but you know everybody was nice and uh, gave me the thumbs up and you know mark four gonna do what mark four things yeah of course i mean front wheel drive shit will break i mean it's pretty much the rule yeah so, I mean, Friday night, uh, well, that was pretty much it, right? That happened pretty much at the end of the day. I mean, we spent the rest of the day trying to get a hold of Daniel to see if he could source yeah. a spindle and a hub or whatever yeah. in parts. And, Which he did. And then, we, I mean, we did. it was still a good weekend. I mean, a bad day on track is still better than any other day, period. Anywhere, <laughs> yeah. Friday night, started raining again. We got pizza from Millie's, like we always do. It's pretty much tradition when we come to VIR. It is, if you've never had a Millie's pizza, just fast for about three days. Because each pizza weighs about 14 pounds. And 10 pounds of that is cheese. cheese. So if you're lactose intolerant, take a pill or just stay steer clear. Yeah, 100%. But it is it is very good. Um, you know, some people don't like it. It's, it's, a, it's a choice thing. But it's a tradition. We always do it. It was, it was well worth it. But we had a good time sitting around with the Sonderbees and mm-hmm. Andrew, and, uh, both Andrews, yeah. you know, shooting the breeze. Now, when we say the Sonderbees, though, we were missing one integral part of the Sonderbee clan. Mr. Brett Sonderbee decided not to come. I think his wife was having a medical mm-hmm. a, a medical treatment done or something. So we wish her good health and uh, to get well soon, and we hope to see Brett at another event. Brett the Panos. Brett, Brett, Mr. Panos honor me, which <laughs> there's been some recent developments about uh-huh. the, the true ownership of the Panos, uh-huh. but we'll, we'll talk oh, yeah, about we'll that. We'll talk about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, anything that you want to report on, on, uh, on Friday? What, anything spectacular that anything stood out to you? Oh. That's no that bargain. epic panorama shot you took on Friday. Oh, that double rainbow plus double. sweet sunset. with the sundown. That was pretty yeah. sick. We're gonna post those pictures. They're pretty cool. I will say for John Kerwin, thank you for not coming because he had his entire room to himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he still expects a check for it, but thank you. Yeah, I can walk around bare ass naked and everything. He's naked right now, folks. Oh, oh man, is that what's going on? It's the way it's intended. This uh, this Japanese whiskey is something else. I can't I can't tell if. He's Are you drinking some? I haven't had I'm any. Tried in a minute. There's a cup behind you. This is all of a sudden became cars and uh, cars and whiskey. Cars and cocktails. Yeah, cars and cocktails. So. Friday came, Friday went. Saturday started a little colder a little than wetter. we expected. It was wet this morning yet again. Track conditions were not the best. And it's funny, if you've been to VIR enough times, it's a very long track. It has it's large rhythm sections. It's very technical. It's also very fast. It has a seven thousand foot straightaway that's all uphill. Actually, VIR feels They're like really that old long. boomer story about being uphill in both directions. Because it's constantly, you're constantly going uphill. You know, I took, I went around in the orientation last with Daniel, and I was like, so now we're on the back straight. Now you can check your phone, check your emails, you can eat a snack. Oh, God. <laughs> Tune the radio. We got to the top of the hill, and he started breaking, and I was like, no, 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 there's more. Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> there's 
there's a second hill. Yeah, on that three you can't. You didn't even see the brake markers yet. And it was like, no, just well, just keep going. That, my favorite part is when, as an instructor, you're in the right seat, and if you're, you know, you look over your shoulder coming up the uh, the S's, you see people going uphill up the straightaway. I mean, they're hauling ass, but you're like. Damn. I mean, we just climbed up a hill, but we are down in the in the valley compared to the straightaway, you know? It is crazy time. But yeah, so, I mean, you know, today, Saturday got here, and much colder, and, you know, if you've ever driven VIR, you know better. If it's cold, or if it's damp, you just... You park the water, car. Yeah. Right? Or if it's raining, it, it, the runoff's weird with the water, you just kind of stay put. And especially if you're not running treaded tires of any kind, it's going to be really difficult to do anything useful around here. Can I run the Contis? Technically, they're treaded. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they got those little pock marks in them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so again, you know, I met up with my student yet again for another full day of, of, of teaching. The fuckery. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, you know... All kidding aside. So I swapped to the Hoosiers on my car because I wanted to try to put a decent lap time down. It dropped a bunch of time. Car was running really good. And then... Ruh-roh. ruh I took you out in the car. What do you think? Let's talk about that first. I took you out. What do you think? You oh, haven't been, have a good you haven't, time. You haven't driven with me in a while. Yeah. It's just... A, it's a controlled shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I like to liken it to, to controlled chaos. I think Eric and Brett both drive very similarly. They both know their cars very well. They both know how to drive very well. And they're always on the limit. I would like. I would think that that's pretty much how a professional race car driver does it. Is they're always on the limit. They know the limits. They know how to react when the car goes past the limits. Yeah, it's it's controlled chaos, for sure. We tried that on a couple corners, didn't we, John? We did, yeah. yeah. It went squirrely. It did not work out too well. No, yeah. no. It wasn't as bad as last year, though, when I had Tom in the car, and we were full sideways down coming down the uh, the roller coaster. Well, I know all about full sideways. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's one of those... I mean, yeah, if you're running low horsepower, it's easy to go full send. I mean, that's the same way with the Miata guys or the guys with the Hondas. There is, granted, there's a particular driving style with front-wheel drive. It, it is not for everyone, you know. Most people, the balance and the smoothness and the whatever, yeah, I get it. Especially if you're high-horsepower rear-wheel drive, something extremely primitive, too, that doesn't have a lot of nannies, you have to be on top of your game. Well, but, the, the, the high-horsepower uh, rear-wheel drive cars, they can afford to give up a corner correct. or two because they correct. can make up more than correct. enough on the straights. Correct. We don't have that luxury. No, we don't. With the front-wheel drive, low-horsepower car, it's all momentum. And, I mean, I have a high-horsepower high front-wheel drive car. It's still the same. You try to capitalize on every corner you can. Because you got to be able to put the power speed. down. Yeah, it's exactly. not easy. Exactly. And, you know, it's also... It's very different in the sense that you have to dial in a lot of lift throttle oversteer if you want to do it right. You drive with the pedal and not with the steering wheel because you're trying to get the front wheels as straight as possible, as quickly as possible, so you can put power to the ground, right? So if you can throttle steer it, do it. And, and you you felt it, John. I mean, I'm swinging oh, the ass end of that car around all the time. Yeah. But and it, for anybody that knows, VIR is a high horsepower track. 100%. It's very you need balls of steel you need to either carry as much momentum as you can in a low horsepower car or you you just need a ton of power yeah. well my, my joke you talk about balls of steel i always say mine aren't very big but they're at least they're made of titanium <laughs> handbrake yeah right <laughs> they fit right in the little pocket for the sub belt yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we also had, you know, we so for those of you who've been listening to the show, we had Mark Francis stop by from OG Racing. He hung out mm. with us for the weekend. Very nice to see Mark out and about. Absolutely. And, you know, he's just, you know, he's a wealth of knowledge. We talked about a lot of stuff with him. You know, we didn't recap the episode, but we went in deeper detail about a lot of stuff. Brad got some fitment done. Uh, you know, things like that, and a lot of consultation. And thank you again to Mark for coming out and stopping by. And yeah, everybody, us. please go see Mark Francis or anybody over at OG Racing. They are top-notch uh, company over there, and they will take care of all your safety needs. Absolutely. So fast-forwarding to today afternoon. So to okay, what day is it? Saturday, right? Saturday afternoon. Feels like this this Friday Saturday track day. This is weird, weird. man. Yeah. So we get out on track. And now I'm cracking open this Japanese whiskey here. So do, do we do we want to get into what I think you're about to tell, or do we want to talk about how... Well, I was going to talk about the disaster that was B-Group. Oh, you yeah. can go right ahead. I, I, I think we need to find a way to lead into Chris Waite's uh, town bicycle Miata. Oh, yeah, we are going to get to, we are going to, get to that. <laughs> that and, sounds and pretty, John can tell us all about it. That's pretty generous. <laughs> so, you know, this particular organization breaks down, you know, beginner, intermediate, advanced, and they have like a racer group or, or whatever. So... I did a, you know, a bunch, our, bunch of our guys are split, you know, between B and C group and, and whatnot. And most of us instructors, we run wherever we want, so it doesn't matter. So I figured, you know, I'll go out and patrol B group for a while. I will say today, I don't know what was going on, but it was a mess. And I got to say, if you're a newbie, one of the things you really got to work on, outside of all the things we've ever talked about working on, is situational awareness. And I know it's probably the next piece of the puzzle that we haven't addressed in our series of episodes where we talk about, you know, what you should do as a noob. But passing, where you put your hands, how you use your hands, how you acknowledge other cars, where you put the car, it's really important to be predictable, right? And I actually had a whole conversation with my student this weekend about, you know, he was getting a little anxious being around other cars, and he's like, well, I don't know what he's going to do. And I said, what you, what you have to realize is we're at A group with the beginners. All of our, the coaches are teaching the same thing. And we're trying to teach you guys to be consistent, which means then you're predictable. But when you start doing weird stuff, which means like, you know, you're going into a right-hand turn and all of a sudden you pull to the right and tell somebody to point you out on the left because you want them to stay online. That doesn't make sense. It's completely unpredictable, right? And it makes for a dangerous situation. I saw it many times. And unfortunately, I feel, and I don't want to lecture too much, but I feel like the B group, the intermediate guys, are kind of always left out in the wind because they graduated out of being coached, right? And all three of us here are coaches, so we can talk to this. They, they graduated out of being co uh, coached, but they're not quite ready to go in advance. And you have this weird mixed skill set of people. And I feel the B group is at a disadvantage or it has been disserviced because nobody's ever there kind of still helping them along to evolve into better drivers. And now by they, by B group, we mean intermediate. Yeah. Not everybody uses you know, the ABCD. So Blue, it's, red, it's, it's, white, whatever. The, the intermediate, the, the people that have a few track days under them, they've, they've worked their way up from having an instructor to no longer having an instructor, which then, as Eric's saying, it kind of puts them in this no man's land, this like island of misfit you know drivers that they they're they're not really getting any better other than getting experience yeah. they're not getting any better because they're not having anybody teach them the more right. advanced techniques right. um so they're they're kind of stuck and it's very difficult to move up from intermediate to advanced because of that correct and the other thing too you realize is you as you further your driving experience 
a lot of things on track become extremely binary. So if you look, they talk a lot in the early days about corner stations. Look at the corner stations. Is there a flag or there? What color are the flags? Memorize the flags. And all that stuff is important because it has to do with safety and safety is paramount as we say. However, they become binary. As you're going fast, flag on, flag off. Flag on, color is recognized just as, as, like, as an innate thing. Mm-hmm. So the other thing you, you realize is you kind of don't worry about that as much. And you're, you're doing traffic management. You're looking way ahead. You know? And even today I had a situation where we had one car, and I won't call it out, that was kind of holding up, is creating a train in the group, and people were all over the place. And what was happening was they were giving wave-offs out the driver's window. Well, for me, as an, as an instructor, that's a pass I, I see a pass because your hand is out the window. So I took like double and triple passes in places and the other drivers weren't expecting it. So it caused all this commotion. And during the download session, people are getting upset. And the first thing you point out is if you're going to wave another car off, you use your right hand inside in the, the mirror. Car. Right? Because then I know you're waving me off. Right? And I do that with my students where my students are busy. I will use my left hand to wave in the rear view mirror saying, hey, I know you're back there. The other coach sees it. Whatever. Again, you are not able to communicate with the other vehicle verbally. So you have to use these hand signals. But you have to remember which hand is what. Which, which way is up at the end of the day. And again, if, you're, if you stick your hand out the driver's window for anything other than a point by. Or a pit. You're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and by the way, guys, a pit in... Is, is a, a pass. Is, is an, an implied pass. pass. So if you're pitting in, I'm allowed to go around you. And a lot of people forget that. And then it, you bunch up behind cars. Yeah. And that causes trains. It causes commotion. And people get all upset. So again, it's just can't go back and rehearse the basics. But again, for the, B, for the intermediate drivers that are out there, try to remember some of these things and practice them. And if you're not familiar or need a refresher... When you're at the track, use Paddock Pal. There's a bunch of stuff in there about hand signals and flags. You can go back and look it over again and and refresh your memory. And at some of these club events, I know HOD and I believe Chen as well, all the coaches and instructors wear identifying shirts. Correct. Or some sort of identifying clothing that state that they're... Or an X on the car. Or an X on the car. If you've got any questions, especially if you're in B group and you don't have an instructor anymore... If you've got any questions about anything, a different line, please walk up and ask a coach or ask somebody in admin and they will get a coach or an instructor to help you. Uh, don't be afraid to ask. Don't, don't, yeah. don't have too much pride. Don't uh, be embarrassed. Because don't be embarrassed because we're all here to learn. And coaches are always asking each other for help. I mean, yeah. I've gone to other tracks where I didn't know and I find another coach and yeah. they're like, hey, show me around. Within a couple laps, I got it. <laughs> Maybe I'm not the most proficient at instructing at that track, but I'm, gonna, I'm, a, I'm a quick learner and, and a lot of other coaches are too. But again, we're, don't be ashamed to ask for help, right? Or a refresher or a check ride or whatever you need to make sure that you're still doing it right. And also don't, don't get embarrassed or down on yourself if you ask for a check ride and you don't get promoted. It just means that you've got more to learn. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. We've all been there. and we've, we've all had instances where we've got to... Learn a little more. I mean, there's always more to learn. I mean, yeah. even the most advanced drivers in the world have their own coaches because yeah. there's always yeah. more to learn. Yeah, and the other thing too is, and we had this instance happen to one of our guys this weekend where they, he's a solid B group, really good talent, really good driver. His car's on the slower side. And he made a decision to move down to what they call a solo, 
where they're putting solo drivers in the beginner group because he, he literally said he's like, I'm getting clobbered by all these big horsepower cars. The closing rates are ridiculous. So he's like, you know, if they'll let me run a solo, I'll move down. And at least that way, he's running with beginners. But he's like, I'm more comfortable this way. And I'm not constantly bruising my arm, giving point buys out the window with every Viper, Porsche, and Corvette that goes by, right? Because VIR invites those kind of cars. So if you own that kind of car, this is the place for you. The you know, VIR, yeah. the, the Glen, uh, what is it, NCM, Road Atlanta, all Road the Atlanta, tracks, yeah. Right? So they're all but cars for you. I mean, Shenandoah tracks for you. and Summit Point, we welcome all the Hondas and Volkswagen. Bring all your Miatas. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, that that's my little lecture for, for today as a, as a lesson learned from the whole thing. But as we progress throughout today, because it was adventurous. Yeah, it was adventurous. Let's see. And we didn't talk about Andrew Bank yesterday. He this was the first time I believe he's had the Boss three hundred two out on track. That's true. Uh, he had been tracking the the Lotus mm-hmm. before that his C seven and before that his C six Corvette. He said the Boss. Uh, well, to quote to, him exactly. To quote him, uh, he said the Boss is a turd. And he never wants to, to track it. Now, granted, it is probably uh, 700 to 1,000 pounds more than the Corvette. or Maybe not. Maybe it's like 500 pounds more than the Corvette. But it's a, definitely a very different car. The weight balance is not there because the Corvette's got a transaxle. The Boss, all the weight is in the front. Yeah. It's that giant motor. It's a, solid rear, it's a solid rear with a Ford Link. It's, it's just a completely different kind of car. One's a sports car. One's like a precision knife, and the other is like a, a buck knife. Yeah. Or a pair of scissors or a butter knife. But, you know, you go to the next generation of Mustangs, which John is very familiar with, the S550 base Mustangs, night and day difference. Those cars are fantastic. Now, granted, I'm a big fan of the Boss 302, and for the money he spent, not to get into that, it's a great value for money. Oh, I think it's amazing. I could totally see owning one of those, tracking one all the time. Uh, maybe. Not so much, but yeah. Maybe. But as a fun hybrid... Grocery getter, go to work, go to the track. The Mustang really does check all it, the boxes. It checks all the boxes, very much like and the Challenger. And the Challengers. 302 sounds great. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah, that's a great sounding car. He's got those, uh, what are those, cutouts or whatever they call yeah, those? Yeah, yeah side, cutouts, side pipes. Oh, they're amazing. But, yeah, so granted it's not what he wanted, but on the same token, he gets the experience. It's something different. I mean, he's been a Corvette owner for a pretty long time now. And I hope he's not discouraged. I hope he takes this. Uh, as we were talking about education and learning, I hope he takes this. He may want to do a couple things to the car, change the brake fluid, maybe go with some better pads. Definitely some better tires that I mean, are his tires younger than like, seven years yeah, old. Yeah, they, they were ripe. I mean, you know. <laughs> Past that. But yeah. I, I hope he sticks with it and learns to drive the car. Because good one thing about becoming a really good driver is being able to drive many different kinds of cars fast. Not just one particular car. Yeah. So, let's talk about these Miatas. Or is it the same Miata? It's one Miata with like 15 drivers. Good God. And 10 different penalty. You yeah. guys got 10. So let's talk about this. What happened, John? <laughs> oh, well, uh, it's the first time I've driven this full course in three, four years, I think. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. So my knowledge in line is going to be, or was, very rusty. So I pretty much overcooked... Turn one, trying to break it like the two, because I'm like, I'm in a Miata. I don't need to stop. Yeah, it's a little bit too fast. And rear kicked out on me, and then just kind of tried to correct and couldn't. Where'd you, where you end up, on the inside of one or the outside? outside. It wasn't bad, but I, I went through for a little adventure. <laughs> so Chris was sharing his car with his buddy Jordan. Not Furman, 
other Jordan. Correct. Chris Wade brought out his buddy Jordan, uh, and Jordan was an A driver. This was his first event. He re- we welcome him with open arms. We need more and more people to come out. Uh, he had a great time. I don't think he was part of the the, the Miata uh, off-road adventure club. Oh, I know. No, I he was. He, he was. racked up yeah. the most points. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. He was off. He was Sir Spins a lot. I didn't hear any yeah, of Yeah, he this. got the award. It's like every session out, he spun at least once. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, he was doing lead follow, so... He did not have an instructor in the car with him, I don't think. Yeah, so I heard, he, he mentioned at dinner that they switched back and forth on that. And, and, you know, that's the downside. And I brought that up, you know, at the beginning of the year when they were, you know, talking, you know, let's say in the before times. But even <laughs> as COVID hit, you know, they were talking about switching to lead follow. And, and I'm I'm not totally against it, but I, I come at it with some precaution because I've done it before. And I've done it with multiple cars, you know, like like a train of cars. It's very difficult for the instructor. And there's a couple different ways to do it. Obviously, you can do it with the radio, radio back. But if you're the lead car, you're constantly driving in your rearview mirror. You're hoping to catch something that they're doing wrong. But at the end of the day, I can only see so far back. I don't know what's going in your car, going on in your car. You so I make, don't know what's going on in your car. And you got to make sure you don't go off track. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're really – it's not really working. And the other thing is I even tried with my student this weekend – to do some lead follow with another student, right, who's got an instructor in the car. And it, what ends up happening is you get this basically gut reaction from the driver where it's like they see brake lights, so they brake. So what's happening is they're not doing it where you do it. They're doing it when you do it. And they're 50 feet, 100 feet behind you. Yeah, so it doesn't it – doesn't, I'm not saying it doesn't work. But I think the, the magic of, of being an instructor is wears off. It, it, it doesn't work at that point because they're not getting that white glove. This is where you need to stop. This is where you need to turn. Or in some instances, you know, it's really hard to tell people what's the difference between late and early. Sometimes it's half of the length of the car or the length of the hood. It makes all the difference in the world. And, and as you guys know, you go into a turn and you tell the guy, wait for it, wait for it, turn, right? Because you're trying to get him to create that late apex because they have no idea. It's, it's less instructing and more babysitting, essentially, is what I kind of think it is. You're doing parade laps with the car behind you. It lead follow, right? I mean, I don't know. Lead follow does work for motorcycles. It works for Formula cars. It works for SRS. It works for people with experience. With yeah. a never, never know. Yeah. But we understand it's COVID times, it and you've got to do what you got to do. And I mean, thank you clubs for at least having events. Yeah, absolutely. I can't. I can't say anything other than that. But for the coaches out there, you can coach with your mask on. I mean, it's not really the the, the chatterboxes still work. So if you're if you're a little bit on the fence about how that's working out, it works. Or get yourself a Rooks helmet with the built-in comms. Yeah, exactly. But again, you can still wear your mask and do all that kind of stuff. And proof is in the pudding. I've, I've done it myself. Yeah. So um, back to the Miata. Yeah. Oh no. So John, you said you went off. Uh, you I had went an, off. an epic fail at one. Yep. Uh, Jordan, the, the new guy, every he, he went off. Every session, instead of out every session, he was off every session. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a claim to fame. Who, uh, who else drove it? Did Chris spin too? Uh, I don't know if he spun, but I think he at least went two off. God, two off. Oh, he was say, he was conservative of you. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot to say in the, the time I went off the same exact lap, I almost lost it and spun in ten. Now that's, going down to Oak Tree. that's a dangerous place because you've got tons of runoff, but somewhere in there, there's this great. 
because there's, there's a drainage ditch. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a drainage ditch, and, and you don't want to hit that. I came close to that when I went off driving BIR South. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the Viking line was born. Yes, yeah, it was. The, you cut half the track there. Did Andrew Bank drive the Miata? Yes, he did. He did. Really? He did. for. So because I was no longer using yeah. my sessions, I donated them to the rest to of the, the time. bicycle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So they all went and talked to Mona. It was all above board, but they had basically yes, my four sessions of the day were donated to the rest of the people that nice. weren't driving for today. Look at you. Yep. I mean, I wasn't going to use. He's them. a benevolent dictator. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. So Andrew Bankrove, did he go off? No, he only had ten minutes, like maybe three, four laps. And he hated nine and a half minutes of that, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, come on. I don't know. Okay. Time. Wait, what? What's the over under on him hating the boss more than he hated the Miata? Oh, you know, he already complains about how slow the Lotus is, so... Does he? I haven't heard that. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. that be more nimble and similar to the Lotus or the Corvette? The Lotus and the Miata, I mean, I've driven both. The Lotus is a precision instrument, and you have to be very respectful of it, because when it bites back, unannounced, right? If only... The Miata, you know it's coming. Yeah. If only you could get a car... That combined the power of the Boss 302 with the handling and precision of the Lotus. You know, I think there may be a car out there oh, like that. Oh, what's that? I think it's a Corvette. No. <laughs> you mean the Ferrari us. NSX? Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the Ferrari NSX GTR. Good God. Well, there's been several of those this weekend. And I have to say... There are several angles that I like it from. The I just don't like the back. And for those of you that didn't get our little inside joke, we're talking about the C8. Correct. Uh, luckily, all the hoods stayed down. Well, that's good. And none of the owners were trapped under them. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What's the other common fail for those? They have brake problems now or don't lock the car or something like that? Uh, I, don't know. I know when the C6 originally came out the first years, they wouldn't go into reverse. Oh God! Yeah, I mean, or there was some sort of issue. The reverse was locked out. I will say those twin black on black Z O sixes that were running together, dude, those were cool. You you know what? There were a lot of here this weekend. Vipers. Yes, there were a lot of V ten Viper GTSs, and they were none of them were the one ACR. One ACR. There was one. None of them were the older ones. They were all the the, the. Two thousand tens ish. There was one Mercedes based one. The 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 one I don't like. The kind of boxy issue. Was one. that the red and black one? The burgundy yeah, and black yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they those cars sound amazing. It felt it felt like there was a Viper in every run group. It was uh, ridiculous. Andrew Mulrain or Mulrian, I I'm sorry Mul- if I don't know Mul- how to pronounce this. Yeah. He uh, when I came in this morning he was uh, test fitting uh, one of the Vipers, one of the gentlemen with the white one was yeah, near yeah. kind enough to let him get in and, and yeah, so if you're going around the paddock and you see a car you really like, don't hesitate to walk up and yeah, just start absolutely. talking to the person about them. We all have cars because we love cars, and we all love talking about our cars. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he's loving on his BRZ, so good for him. That's he a does, good, yeah. That's he, a good he, ha- he was having a little bit of brake issues, um, but yeah. he got that figured out. Uh, he changed his fluid or flushed his fluid. Uh, or no, he bled his, his, uh, his fluid. Yeah. Uh, and then we told him to check his pads. Yeah. And the inner pads... Were straight to the metal, or straight nice. to the the backing plate. Uh, so I suggested maybe in between days, maybe not in between sessions, rotating the pads inner to outer if you can. Yeah, you should be yeah. able to flip all them. these little tricks you can do. Yeah, yeah. So, but he had a blast. 
Uh, I will say that the the burrs and the furs are really. We talked about this on the "What Should You Buy Starter Cars" episode. They're really a great compromise when you think about it for the price, for the balance, the power. If the you art. can fit in them. I mean, it's a Japanese 944. Let's face it. They're, and it's they're, they're it's, not they're not setting the world on fire unless you run with Emra. Right. But <laughs> and it's just like anything else. The more you start pushing it, and the more power you start yeah, trying to get out of it, and the faster stuff. you start going, you start breaking things. But that's not, you know, indicative of just the. I mean, that's not isolated to just yeah. Subarus or Volkswagens. It's any any car. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the, the stuff that broke, you know, even on the VWs this weekend, it, it's they're it's, wear items. It, they're wear items. They cost twenty bucks, and and you know, we were joking about it. You buy the cheap one, it's nineteen fifty. You buy the the middle of the road, it's twenty bucks. You buy the most expensive, best wheel bearing you can get, it's twenty dollars and fifty cents. And they still last the exact exactly same, amount, same of time. amount of time. It's pointless. You know, you can buy the dealer ones for one hundred fifty dollars a piece. It doesn't matter. You know, unlike the axles. Yeah, well, that's a whole different story. <laughs> you got to make an investment there. But you know, the stuff breaks, and after a while, you get into this. You know, I got to do this thing every year. I got to do these maintenance items. It's wear and tear. The car's going to take it. But when you're driving at the absolute limit, you're hunting for time, whatever you're looking for. It's just cost of doing business, right? You just need to bring a church van with you to haul all your extra parts. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and to be honest, this is the first weekend that I have not traveled with. Spare axles and a complete set of brakes Not true. And, and, and spindles. Pit race. You said you didn't have any extra parts either. I had one for Judd though. I just happened to have it in the trunk. Oh, and but he needed ball or he needed uh, tie rod ends or something because he had an issue. He and uh, Daniel both had an issue at pit race. They were, yeah, he needed a control arm. That's joints, it. But I had an axle for him, so we got him back together. Yeah. And he went back out and ran. So you know whatever, hmm. we made it work. We did an alignment for him right there in the parking lot. When was the last event that neither of you had an issue? The last few, actually. The, the VR6 has been really reliable. We didn't have any like issues I, so, with So the, the last time the wheel bearing failed was mid-Ohio when we went. I haven't had a wheel oh, bearing wow. failure since That's then. That's a so, while. So I haven't changed them since then. Okay. So they were due. And I kind of overstretched it. But because of COVID, I was like, well, the car's going to be parked for the next six or eight months. So I'm not going to mess with that stuff. I did basic maintenance, right? New axles, or put the finally put the good axles in it. Brake fluid flush, tires, you know, all that crap, new pads, and called it a day. I figured, well, you but, know, but my mentality is run it till it breaks, then you know what's broken. But if, if you think about it, the issues we've had, they're all consumables. They're all wear parts that break anyway. I mean, the only, of my car, your car, I guess the TT had a blown motor at some point. Yeah, but that was a junkyard motor. So yeah, but it was a junkyard motor uh, with a bigger turbo, uh, so it, yeah. it was bound to fail. I haven't had near knock on wood any motor issues. The only I had a trans blow up, um, but it, but it, that was a junkyard trans, I think. I mean, it, yeah, it's like whatever. So it was actually. So yeah, I mean that yeah. was. Whatever. So don't source your uh, your good parts from the junkyard. Basically. Unless it's from Chaz's. <laughs> Unless it's from Chaz's. I've gotten nothing good parts from Chaz's. Yeah, yeah. So. Please, please go to Chaz's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so to fast forward the story a little bit, you know. So oddly enough, Brad asked me, "Hey, are you going to go back out?" Actually, we had a really good. I had a really good session with John uh, yesterday. I guess it was. It was yesterday. But before we move on to you, though, didn't Jay? Didn't the Miata guys have a talking to? Because because got you chastised. got in trouble, yeah. Oh, shit. How did that go? Because there were like fifteen offs or fifteen <laughs> issues or some shit, and, and like All this one car in the same car, and the, like the 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 uh, track admins were like, "What the f is going on with it? this schizophrenic driver? What the hell is going on?" 
We we don't get it. And then Jay walked up, and Jay is the person who runs the, the CI. Yeah. He's the CI, and he runs the A classroom and everything. He was like, "Oh, you've got like four drivers in that car. Now it makes sense." <laughs> <laughs> we were actually granted extra offs because of that interaction. Well, that's good. You yeah. you had less points added to your you your HPD license. I had points on my license. Yeah, <laughs> you got a, you got quota per person. That's great. <laughs> They got Lewis Hamilton by the FIA. <laughs> so the VR, like I said, it's been trouble-free for a while. Unfortunately, the Audi's parked because I'm working on the 914. So I decided to bring the VR down here. I've never had a, v- a VIR before. And so I figured, why not? Whatever. I know where my lap times need to be. So we had a good session yesterday. I, I actually beat John's Mustang's last time here so from yeah. like 2016 doesn't matter still beating it was that pre-chip or post-chip i don't that was know pre-chip. i think that was pre-chip that was so definitely you'd pre-chip. be hard pressed to catch that time all i know is the vr6 is faster than a stocky caboose with some rubber on it so i'm just gonna go there all right correct so i can make that comparison. and an intermediate driver <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was i back yeah you it was like four I years ago like, yeah, I think I was, that was with. Um, we hadn't gone Audi. through the uh, the Ruse Bolton uh, instructor clinic yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll tell you that's a whole other story <laughs> for another day. So at any rate, I think I just got soloed at that event. Had some Baby. good lap times. I had a target time I was shooting for. John's like, you should be able to get that without me in the car because that extra weight in there. And I was running a little heavy on fuel, so I figured I'm gonna find a session today. Go do my time trials run, you know, when I can. You know, as long as I get some open track, I can run a good hot lap and be happy with myself and, and move on. Unfortunately, every session I went out and was a mess or I had somebody with me, so I didn't really get any track time to myself. And the last session... He was filling up the car with fuel and then he got back to it and there just happened to be a 300-pound man in his passenger seat. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and Brad goes, hey, so uh, do you mind if I go out with you? I was like, no, not a problem. Whatever, fine, we'll go out. Whatever, screw it. I figured I could probably squeeze in a fifth session today. So it was my fourth session, whatever. So the car did eight or nine sessions over the weekend. So I was like, fine. We go out. We make it, what, third lap? Uh, I would equate it to probably two and a half laps. Yeah, two and a half laps. We go, we're go. we going in to turn one about a buck twenty. Let's just call it that. We'll round up just a hair. And I've been breaking at the two or less and the car is light and it's it's easy to do that the abs is disabled so i can break really late i tend to threshold break and trail break a lot so whatever i love trail breaking but that's a story for another day and i go into turn one and i told brad it's like eh, the brakes don't feel right well the car was also hopping well yeah it just <laughs> oh, was no. the, something was wrong and immediately i could feel it because i got this i got the death wobble from the left front and I told Brad, I was like, yeah, the brakes don't feel right. I, hopefully they'll come back. So by turn three, the brakes were back. But by the time we hit turn four, I guess it was. Or no, no coming out of the lower S's, right? No, it was coming out of four, heading into five. And you were like, oh! And it's like just... And it was like, oh, there it goes. As soon as we made the the next right turn and put load on the front, you just heard it go, zing! And we're like, oh, we either broke an axle or lost a wheel bearing, Right. <laughs> And so then we just coasted under the bridge as far as we could go. And then I pulled off into the little subsection there that takes you to Patriot, which happened to be busy today. Yeah. And then we just sat there and sat there and sat there. <laughs> I think we were there the for very, about 10 minutes. We watched all these really pretty cars go by. It was an interesting perspective to, yeah. to, to see the track from, from that angle. <laughs> so after about five minutes of sitting there, Brad's like, so, do you think it was my fault? <laughs> I'm like, what, did you 
you curse me? I'm like, I don't understand. I mean, and I literally, I didn't say anything for a minute. And I'm like, this shit was bet- destined to break anyway. Whatever. You know, but but I will say, a silent Eric is a terrifying thing. <laughs> and, then, and so and then you know I got quiet again, and I don't remember what you said. And then I, and I said, all I'm thinking about is how I'm going to get this car in the garage when I get home, right? Because. I looked down a hill and all this kind of thing. And, and then I, he realized, oh shit, I'm going to the Glen in, in seven days. days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to run home, change the spindles out, do all that stuff and get it done. So yeah, unfortunately the VR suffered a, a wheel bearing failure for the first time since mid-Ohio. So whatever. I mean, that was what, two years ago? 2018. Yeah, so Quite that's not bad. I, I mean, again, wheel bearings are calculated in dog years. So, you know, every mile you turn on the track is, you know... 500 miles people turn on the road and different tracks put different abuse on different parts of the car barber is a killer on the right on the left front of the car that was murder uh coming down to like the museum turn and that's oh it's brutal so and shenandoah is another one that loves to kill wheel bearings shenandoah kills all of front wheel drive cars yeah every every aspect of them brutal including the driver and front splitters on a lot of other people's cars Mm. and Mm. oil pans and oil pans and yeah anything that's Below the yeah, Shenandoah has been known to actually rip wheels apart. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you might be passed by your oh, yeah. Several wheels have broken in Shenny. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that was today. Uh, you know, we packed everything up. There's another event that moved in right about five o'clock this afternoon. It would have yeah. been nice to double down, stay here a couple more days, and then go straight to the Glen. For you, that would have been three track events. That would have been awesome. <laughs> that would have been ridiculous. It would have been awesome. I, I could do another. I could do three days at VIR in the car yes with enough spare parts absolutely (laughs) with a spare part spare part i mean and then i donated tires to uh mount mandan yeah daniel happened to cord his tires on the orientation laps (laughs) or maybe they were corded before i I don't know i give him a lot of shit and that's just because he's a brother from another mother pretty ingenious though he is but you know what i gave him a set of nitto nto ones that were dead I mean, these tires are like driving on glass on a frozen lake. I mean, they have zero <laughs> grip left. I gave them to him so he could use them for extracurricular activities up on the mountain. And it, what does he do? No, he mounts them <laughs> and decides, I'm going to get some life out of these. He's gotten, what, four, three, four track days out of them? That's right. Finally <laughs> corded them. I was like, ugh. I just gave him a set of Nankangs. Uh, they're... they're uh, primarily a drift tire, but they we got them and they're they're good for low horsepower cars. They work they work well on the track. I would say for a low horsepower car, they probably work almost as good as an R1R. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're pretty decent tires. These had maybe one session on them, and then I was using them for rollers just because they're black and round. I gave them to him. I guarantee you, he will get five years out of these tires. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> well, they're not cord at all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Only on the edges. Driving on the core just gives you a different grip. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, he was nice enough to bring parts to help your car get on the trailer under its own power. I, I will say Daniel's car was the last VW standing in the group. It was. Although he did it was have... the last one to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> Although he did have to sawz all the exhaust to get it on the trailer. Yeah, so what happened? He w- he was told that he can't go back out on track unless he fixes something? Yeah, so that was pretty funny. They were all in a in a hubbub this morning because he's got this he's got this aftermarket exhaust that he bought on eBay. 
or Craigslist or somewhere. It's made out of Budweiser cans. A hundred percent. And so the back section keeps falling off, like right over top of where it joins up at the axle or the rear beam. And so he knows, and then he goes, the problem is if I let it go too long, it dumps right where the brake lines come over the rear beam. So it overheats the rear brakes and weird stuff starts to happen. So he decides, I got the answer, y'all. I'm going to create a dump pipe. So he took some bent piece of I don't know what. I think it was all the Vipers he saw because they all have side outlet exhaust. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. he got his inspiration from Mopar. Yeah. So anyway, he puts this pipe on there, dumps it. Then the illustrious tech that they have here just let him go, which is cool. Cars allowed us all get out to begin with. And then, you know, as he's wrapping things up and goes to go put it on the trailer, he realizes that the dump pipe is going to hit the trailer. So someone in the paddock, I don't know who. That would be me. Uh, volunteer to sawzall, and all I hear, all I see, is Dan's car halfway up on the trailer, and hear a sawzall going to town. So whatever. So he cut off about three, four, three, inches. three or four inches off that pipe, which is just gives you some indication as to how long that mf -er was. Yeah, it was way too long. But at least now he's got a hidden dump pipe, so that's even better. <laughs> but. For all intents and purposes, it is legal if you even look at the, the GCR and stuff because the exhaust exits behind the driver. It does not need to exit behind the car, just behind the driver. Yeah, so anybody in the back seat, which he doesn't have rear seats, would you die of carbon monoxide? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Full you, send. At least you can't get out of the, the driver's seat and burn your leg. That is true. It's important. Like, it's, like, like the Viper with the pipes yeah, out Yeah, it's there. not like right there. Some of those old Corvettes. Give, him, give him time. <laughs> oh, no. It'll happen. He will find a way to make like it a happen. Like a twisty straw and come out the roof. So his car is the last one that survived. Yeah. Uh, he did the last session of the day because it was a group. He oh, we did have to make a tail light. Did we? Yeah, for the C5. Oh, yes, yes. We've got to talk about who was driving. Was it Mike or uh, it Mike? Was or, Mike. Uh, it wasn't Max. Max. I don't think Max is allowed to drive Corvettes. He's in the penalty box. For yeah, the Max was driving the Mini with the exhaust leak, so he was probably getting a little loopy it in there. sounded like a trash truck. It, it was yeah. terrible. We offered some aluminum cans to help fix it, but <laughs> he wasn't interested. He was not. So, yeah, unfortunately, Mike put the, I don't know what turn it was, uh, Mike put the C5 off. He, he backed he into the wall. Backed into the wall very gently enough that it really didn't do a lot of damage. A couple it's, fiberglass cracks. Just cosmetic. It, with blew the out the, it blew out the rear tail lens. So in honor of Doug Turner, I offered to reconstruct his tail light, which we made out of red duct tape. Yeah. Uh, it looked good. So you've got red duct tape, but you don't have spindles. Uh, yeah. I got multi-colors of duct tape, so yeah. it's all good. But no, it worked out great because we actually, I came up on Mike in one of my sessions, and from a distance, you could not tell that the taillight was messed up because all four of them were red from far away. It looked good. And then when you got close, there you had the GTM return to sender sticker on there. So you were like, and every time the brake would light up, it cast this shadow around the sender sticker, and you're that's like, amazing. yeah, that's, that's what's up. We need to cut holes in that and put little LEDs. Oh, 100%. It looks so good. He's. I guarantee you it's going to be like that at the next event. I, I hope so, actually. That is a treasure right there. Mm -hmm. Got pictures. Oh, oh, did you? I did. Excellent. We'll post those on the website. <laughs> so what else happened? Anything else happened this weekend? Uh, Anything else of note? Uh, well, we did eat. What, what, were the, what did we have for dinner tonight? What was those dumpster dumpster dive? Oh those? yeah, so so we were able to go to the Oak Tree Tavern. Uh, they are doing 
I guess reservations only at 50% capacity because limited of COVID. Limited table sizes. Yes, limited table sizes to, to four or five people. Uh, unless uh, they're doing something special because there was one or two tables with a little yeah. bit more than that. But anyway, every time we come here, they've got a new menu. I don't know why they keep changing it, but it, whatever. Tonight, we had four stockpiles. Uh, which What was on the stockpile? So it was chicken tenders. Uh, and there was uh, barbecue pulled pork. There was bacon. Jalapenos. Jalapenos. Lots of cheese. Lots of cheese. There were... Uh, a, do- a dollop of sour cream. Yes. On oh, a bed of French fries, mm, beer battered, beer battered, yeah, beer they battered were French it fries. Was, it was a hot mess, and it had a side of ketchup and a side of ranch. You know, because you need ranch dressing with your salad. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. There was not a speck of green other than the jalapenos to be found on that. It, it had all the food groups. You know, beige food is good food. You know, <laughs> it does not make for good cars, but it makes for good food. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So we so, had four of those. There's a good chance next time you come down to VIR, it won't be available. But maybe it's on the secret menu, like the atomic. Oh, like In-N-Out sandwich. Burger. Yeah. I need an animal style. Yeah. <laughs> or Torchy's Tacos. Yeah. I need it trashy. trashy. Get it trashy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's good stuff, man. So overall, VIR is good. I'm looking forward to the Glen in a couple of days once the car's fixed. But maybe switching gears. Let's talk to John a little bit more. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. Does John have anything else to say about the, the weekend, though, VIR, before we start digging into John? It was good to drive it again. Yeah. Thought I had the chance. This is your first time out all year, isn't it? It is, yeah. When was your last event? We were talking it about this earlier. last year. Yeah, so last August. So you haven't been yeah. out in 14 months. Yeah, I was going to be at VIR last year, but... Um, you had family things going family, on. Yeah, family medical stuff going on. So it seems like that's you the didn't, case. You didn't miss much. It was bitter cold last year. Yeah. yeah. I, I think last year at VIR, I got like three sessions. <laughs> I, I got to say, uh, no no offense to the other groups we run with, but October is such a better weekend. There's such a better time to be at VIR than November. Yeah. November is so hit or miss. No offense to Audi Club. Yeah. Because uh, they always have the first, I believe it's the first or second weekend in November. But it's just, it's terrible. It's too. It's great if you have Quattro because we've gotten up in the morning where there's snow on the track. So I mean, whatever. But for the rest of us, it's Festivus. Sure. Especially, especially when we have slicks. Thirty-nine yeah. degree weather with the track being wet and a Mustang. I mean, what? Last year we woke up and there was frost on the tires. The yeah. slicks. You could have used the slick. The slicks were as hard as like a hammer. Yeah, they were awful. Yeah. Yeah. And it never warmed up. It got up to maybe like 47 degrees. We were all miserable. You know, this was so much more pleasant. It was a little chilly from time to time, but it really was much more pleasant. Yeah. It warmed up nicely. Yeah. Very sunny. Yeah, it, yeah. it felt like summer compared to November. Yeah. Now, if you've ever come down here in the summer, in <laughs> your radiator before I do that one. I mean, you're going you're gonna to be changing your clothes every 20 minutes because you're going to sweat through them. It's bad. But the same can be said about the Glen, and it's way further north. I don't enjoy Watkins Glen in the middle of August. It's way too hot for me. Even Salins, it's like you're walking around. You got definite swamp ass. <laughs> True that. But anyway, uh, uh, speaking of swamp ass, no, I'm just kidding. If you like what you've heard and want to learn more about GTM, be sure to check us out on www.gtmotorsports.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202-630-1770 or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org. We'd love to hear from you.
Hey listeners, Kruchi Farrick here. Do you like what you've seen, heard, and read from GTM? Great, so do we, and we have a lot of fun doing it. But please remember, we're fueled by volunteers and remain a no annual fee organization, but we still need help to keep the momentum going so that we can continue to record, write, edit, and broadcast all of your favorite content. So be sure to visit www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports or visit our website and click in the top right corner on the support and donate to learn how you can help.